0: Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, Hallie is going to take us to Planet X, the planet that is supposedly going to collide with Earth, well, just because. This is the Nibiru Conspiracy. And Nathan is going to talk to us about a mysterious anime that seems to have disappeared from the world, or maybe it never existed to begin with. Content warning, there's that foul language stuff, but Nathan's topic is about an anime known as Go for a Punch, the alleged contents of which are quite disturbing, resulting with characters therein completing suicide or murder, so please listen with care time to get ready for another human exception. And I'm gonna actually remember to turn on my audacity this time, so that's cool. Mm,
1: yeah, mm.
2: yeah, mine mine borked last time, so hopefully it doesn't do it now.
1: I wonder if my computer can even handle it anymore. What do you mean? It is it is having a time.
3: <laughs> so you need to it now. <laughs> yeah. <maybe. laughs> uh. Yeah, ever every I of mine, it's been fine. That's good. Yeah. Huzzah! Uh, you got to burn it to the ground every once in a while. <laughs> well. I okay.
1: guess whenever. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just waiting for
3: it to... <laughs>
2: We're good. Yeah, it's like... I know, it's, it's like my, my brain space today is kind of... In between, like, I want to go and, like, do something and create something. Blah, and, like, no, nah, I just really want to take a nap. I don't <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't quite know what to do yet. I think I have, I think I, I told Jeremy, I was like, I think I have manuscript hangover because I just finished book three and my brain is uh, dead. And are you sending that to me or what? I mean, if you want it,
0: <laughs> it's the deal, right? It's
2: not, it's not, I know it's not, I mean, it's, you know, it's a draft, right? Like it needs well, yeah. <laughs> all the, all, it needs all the tweaking and I can show you the, cause I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with it yet, but I can show you the cover if I self publish it. If I don't, if I, I've had two people be like, yeah, you're going to get an agent. And I'm like, I don't know that I want that. That's scary. <laughs> like responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and kind of a pain in the ass because I know how that goes. So it's like
0: Yeah, and then like you gotta pay them and shit.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I wanna fuck with that, but here I'll give you the mother motherfucker. The motherfucker. <laughs> I put it in the wrong folder because I'm a dumbass. Here we go poor court's gonna be like what the fuck is this <laughs> mm-hmm. here you go so th- if I self publish it that's the cover
1: ooh
3: I dig it it's yeah good.
0: the My colors artist- are really good
2: yeah the days did a really good job she has such a good eye for color I was like oh I'm gonna throw up this is gorgeous <laughs> so <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I'm recording now, so we're good.
2: Hey,
0: Please. welcome back to Human Exception, <laughs>
2: <laughs> where we can never not start out with technical problems.
1: Technical it's... problems, completely like off-topic conversation. Sure, why
2: not? Right?
0: Yeah, it's or more something. interesting. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. We're at, like, 4,100 downloads, by the way. Woo!
2: That's pretty Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you all. Wow.
0: Yeah,
1: we're, like, getting, like,
0: pretty consistently over 100 downloads a week now.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Jeez. people.
0: I don't know who all you people Not. are, but thank you.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, but come say hi.
0: Yeah.
2: On Twitter. We have a Twitter and an Instagram.
0: Yeah, and our Discord that we and don't Discord, use enough. No, no, we
2: don't.
1: No, it's pretty I'm quiet so in there. At
2: it. Yeah, but uh, also,
0: I'll stop talking in it. So that's part of the problem. Yeah,
4: yeah
2: that would be. Yeah, my follow through game is not good of late. We promise to do uh,
3: better.
1: <laughs> I mean, did didn't we just like? Are are we expecting to inherit people from your? Uh, closing Discord over there?
2: I don't know. I doubt it.
1: What are you closing? Like a Close-
2: terrible party or something? Ah, uh, no, I'm closing the disc, the charity Discord. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. Oh,
1: okay. I was like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, the group's not not shut down. I just can only do one thing at a time lately. So, yeah,
0: there. That's fair. <laughs> I know these feelings. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the exhaustion is real at this point. So, um, no, I don't I I don't think so. I don't think most of them. Hi, if you're listening and you're in that discord, sorry. Um, (laughs) You I don't think most of them know like the other stuff that some of us do. So,
3: yeah, that's fair.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I can only be involved in so many Discord channels. Never mind managing so much.
2: <laughs> I seriously, yep, that's. I started just like noping out of a bunch this week. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm getting weird anxiety looking at all these icons. So goodbye.
4: <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. Uh. What
1: what I have done is the Discord channels that I am rarely a part of. That I like want to go dip into from time to time. I just put them in a folder. And then what I right-click and mark all as red can... and all the discords took away. The you can Facebook do that? Era. Yes, you can.
2: <gasps> okay, well, I will have you show me how you do that <laughs> later because now it's like, oh, you just opened a door there. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> no problem.
2: <laughs> I'm very excited now. <laughs> uh...
3: It's, so okay. what are we talking about today? Who's who's talking first? Oh my god,
1: I'm so Kelly, excited. You're up. I talked Can I go? The yes! last time?
2: I have not done anything in a while. I'm so excited because I had to pull myself back on this one. Not surprising. <laughs> but to I've been that. wanting... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I know. And there's a, side note, there's a book coming out about the Flat Earthers. And oh am yeah. From a writer at the Daily Beast, and I'm just like, oh my god,
0: it's gonna be great. Did you ever watch the um, the Flat Earth documentary on Netflix?
2: No, fuck there's a I really
0: good to... one on there that you should watch. Damn, it's
2: great. Okay, all right, I need to use my time better rather than just staring <laughs> at the wall. Um, okay, so I have wanted to do Nibiru or Nibiru, however you say it, for a really long time. And there could be people listening to this and going, I don't know what the hell Nibiru is. It could be Planet X. It's a doomsday thing, but that's not how it started. It's amazing. And I got so excited. Um, So I'm calling this a Recipe for an Outer Space Conspiracy. Excellent. And yes, and when I wrote the intro, we, we were just starting our bread making journey here in the house. (laughs) <laughs> and I was looking at all these recipes, and I was like, okay, I gotta write it in this format, because it's way too fun. And <laughs> I am a dork, apparently. So, we're gonna go through this. Um, again, pulled back on so many rabbit holes I could have gone down, because I could have ended really badly. And been 25 pages, so. Um, the recipe no are a talking good... About. <laughs> i know i know i know every time no 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 every time i say something like that i always think of kayla and i'm like i hope she doesn't think that i'm rubbing her face in it because i'm really not making fun (laughs) i know exactly what that problem feels
0: like notes for montauk right now are 90 pages so
2: what that's just lots of
0: references and stuff that i'm still boiling down but yeah
2: (laughs) did you just say 90 (laughs) yeah Fuck my life. Oh my god.
1: I I uh, I would've been like I would have been like, you know. Uh, I think I have better things to do at this point. Oh
4: my god. Okay, good.
2: Oh I'm so impressed, and at the same time I'm like, I don't know how your brain
1: horrified?
2: Like I no, not (laughs) horrified. I'm just like
0: (laughs) a day reading about Montauk Okay.
2: Amazing. (laughs) Oh my god! It's fine. That's good. This is what it's happens
1: fine. when you have really, really, really good like work flexibility. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know what that feels like at all. Uh, I did not write this on work time at all. Uh, I try. I try not to. I try to keep it to like lunch hours or in the evening. But sometimes, you know, yeah, you get yeah. a little sidetracked. Yep. Um. Okay. So, Nibiru. Which, again, some of you might be like, what the hell? So my recipe for a good outer space and or alien conspiracy typically begins with a few common ingredients. So we have one rogue planet. You add in an incredibly intelligent extraterrestrial life form best left out to warm up for roughly 450,000 years. Toss in a dash of misunderstood ancient carvings and bad translations. (laughs) <laughs> then let rise with a cover made from reinterpreting the Bible for one's own purposes, and let warm by the fires of inspiration fueled by megalithic sites like Machu Picchu and Stonehenge. <laughs> and to make sure to sprinkle liberally with insistent modern-day quote-unquote prophets of these theories, best if they are enigmatic speakers and prolific writers who manage to form mini-cults around their batshit ideas. And once rested, you have a perfect outer space conspiracy. Yep. Yep. Yes, so there there were so many. I, I really did have to whittle this down because it just—it's super easy to kind of wander down an alley that leads to people like Linda Moulton Howe um, and the death of the Love Has One cult leader who was mummified. Is wrapped up in this, it it can be.
1: <laughs> oh my God!
2: Which is why I had to pull back. <laughs> Because all of them, all of the branches start to merge, and you'll kind of see like the inklings of that. So this is like a primer on Nibiru. It really doesn't go down any of those roads. Um, there were roads down Irish literature, Heaven's Gate, even tied uh, to Scientology. So um, it, did you
0: know you that know. Heaven's Gate's still going? By the way,
2: I'm
1: yes, sorry, I did. What?
0: Okay, um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that one day because I found out about that recently,
1: and I'm like, what? <laughs>
2: That was the is most it... Canadian I've ever heard you sound.
1: Uh, uh, is it, like, those two, three people that, like... Yeah. Vote?
3: Fuck. Yeah, it's, a lo- it's those guys. They still
0: run the website today.
1: Yep. Oh, okay. Then I'm... Okay, I'm not, yeah. I'm not... Okay, that's fine. I get it. Yeah, I understand.
2: Uh, but still, but still, it's like... it's like, You think that shit is done, but there's the Moonies are still immensely powerful. Like, it's just...
1: Crazy. yeah it's but wild. like now yeah. it's not even now it's not even heaven's gate it's like it's like locked behind the gate you know so like
0: was planet x where like t and doe planning to go <laughs>
2: that was weird. i mean that yeah it th- this has changed so much so i kind of went back to the roots of it because planet x and nibiru aren't seen as the same thing, but they're directly the same thing or at the very least 90% influenced by each other. It's it, it, it is in that vein of the way that this stuff gets like twisted and bent for someone else's purposes. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it's it, so you're going to get a kick out of this. It's, it's wild. I um, <laughs> so when, um, I Because I do love a good doomsday theory, and this is where my interest of, you know, the planet known as Nibiru or Planet X and how it's supposed to hit Earth and destroy us all, that is more of the Planet X side of things. Nibiru, um, the non-existent planet, the 12th planet, <laughs> as it's been called, um, it's been mostly part of outer space conspiracy mythos since about 1976. And there's one man at the center of this. It's a guy named Zechariah Stitchin. And so to kind of figure out where Nibiru came from and how it's influenced and changed or or warped, I guess, into Planet X and these doomsday cults and the whole Mayan calendar thing back in 20, you know, like all of that, all of that stuff is tied together. (laughs) It's fucking wild. Uh, so, Stitchen was born in 1910 to Jewish parents, and he was raised in what today we would see as Israel. Um, he grew up, received a degree in economics from the University in London. And he was eventually also an editor and a journalist before moving to New York in 1952 to start a job as an executive for a shipping company. So very, like, normal beginnings for this guy. (laughs) Um, But he was always kind of conspiracy bent. He had a deep interest with Sumerian culture and history, and this started in his teenage years and eventually grew into an obsession. So this is where we have to talk about Sumerian culture and cuneiform, which is not a place I thought I was going to wind up <laughs> when we were here. But I have cool pictures, so hopefully that I helps. like pictures. Yes. So Stitchin <laughs> was actually so obsessed with um, Sumerian culture, and he teaches himself Sumerian cuneiform, and he visits several of the archaeological sites tied to their history. That's how into this he was. Okay. I swear exactly. to God, this has a point. Yes. When you are uh, actively going out and going, I would like to dig in the dirt now, please, to go prove my my own theories about these people who lived thousands and thousands of years ago, and I'm going to co-opt it uh, for my own purpose. It might
0: because be an obsession. Okay, you can admire not? that a little bit.
2: <laughs> you do have to, yeah, there's a tenacity there that is really impressive. And <laughs> at the same time, you just go, dude. Uh, mm. you couldn't knit or something <laughs> like
4: <laughs>
2: knit yourself a planet
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah he made a planet this knit, is where we're knit at, yourself a
1: so. solar system and add your extra planet in there and be done with it
2: <laughs> the 12th planet even not even I was like where are the other ones all right yeah. um yeah we skipped apparently um so this is where i was like okay cuneiform i know the word but i don't actually know what it is so I thought it might help to have I'm glad that you're
0: explaining that. this because I don't know. either. Yeah,
2: I had no fucking idea, and it's cool to look at the. Um, so I'll give you the first the first image here. One of the cuneiform tablets um, that he actually got to look at. Uh, okay, hey, clicking on things. Here you go. This is this is fun, and there, here's him. So this is Zechariah with a cuneiform tablet. Also, maybe don't take things from other cultures but you know uh so there you go that's a mold of a cuneiform tablet he had made
3: well at least it's a mold
2: yeah it's a mold um but actual cuneiform looks like this is so wild this is actually a sales contract for a house in sumerian cuneiform
1: uh (laughs) sweet
2: check that shit out i know right (laughs)
0: So cuneiform just kind of like pict- pictographs in a way or
2: yeah so it is a um it's a logosyllabic script and it was used to write several languages uh, of the ancient near east and it was originally developed to write the sumerian language of southern mesopotamia which would now be modern iraq and it's one of the earliest writing systems so it's you know it's right in line with the more well-known like egyptian hieroglyphics right um, if you're familiar or have ever heard of the code of Hammurabi, it was written in cuneiform. So, uh, and that was a that was a set of laws back in ancient Mesopotamia. Um the so again, he taught himself this language.
3: A dead language in mostly pictures
2: and symbols.
4: That's which nice. Which is yeah. uh, and, and <laughs> impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's both. Right. This guy, if he had applied his brain in other ways, <laughs> we might have had some really interesting things come out of it. And Instead, we got, you know, we got this. Um, so the the study of cuneiform belongs to the field known as... Uh, Assyriology, which is the archaeological, historical, and linguistic study of Assyria and the rest of the ancient Mesopotamian world. So, if you go and look at maps of like Mesopotamia and the ancient Near East, you can kind of see where the cultures all kind of like start to blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he was brilliant. Obviously, he's teaching himself this stuff, and the as it is known to archaeologic archaeologists. And wow, I can't talk. And linguists, (laughs) the current sign language for cuneiform is 705 elements long. 42 of those are numeric. There are certain signs to indicate things like you would expect in, in hieroglyphics, like the names of gods, countries, cities, vessels, birds, trees, and just. Uh, Just a ton of all of that. There's a lot of history. Um, I I link to some of it. We'll talk about a little bit of Nibiru and how this all ties together with Sumerian cuneiform. Um, But they, they had this vast, essentially, like, pictographic alphabet. And... A lot of the the gods were tied to certain symbols, and then the gods were tied to certain cities. So you would have a symbol for the god and a symbol for the city. But in a certain order, they meant one thing. And in another order, they meant another thing. And I'm just like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. But he taught himself this. So here's just another couple examples of what it looks like. And these are all, um, you know, you can see these on Wikipedia. I just think it's so cool looking. Yeah, here. It's like
0: writing in Excel or something.
2: Yes, yes, it's like windings, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually from the era of Xerxes, uh, who fought against Greece. So um, this is a, a, a tablet from, from his dynasty. It's just, it's so cool looking. But I can't Very. fathom spending so much time studying this to read it, but he was doing it for a reason, right? Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. So he learns this this cuneiform and then uses it to make some of his own translations. And this is where we get into the Anunnaki, which is like maybe my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so it was a style, his style of translations was called unique, which I think is <laughs> very gentle what it was. Um and these translations he made of different Sumerian writings in cuneiform, pardon me, <laughs> led him to write a book called The Earth Chronicles, which then became seven books <laughs> and it outlined his interpretations of Sumerian and Akkadian texts. Um that entire thing, I started to go down that rabbit hole of the Earth Chronicles because they are still in publication, you can still buy them. Um <laughs> oh boy Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. One of these days when I'm bored, I'm going to read some of these. So here's some of the covers of his books, just so you can get an idea.
0: Oh, yeah. This is right next to the Montauk Oh, yeah. This is some (laughs)
2: Montauk-like... uh scientology yeah yeah this is what is this
0: in the library called (laughs) (laughs) um speculative fiction i don't know if that seems
2: speculative fiction probably yeah (laughs) yep yep that would probably be the closest because oh buddy um so the one book in particular that was kind of the source of all this nibiru stuff um was called the 12th planet And it still is hugely influential in conspiracy and alien groups. And it's even more important to this day for doomsday, planet, and cataclysm preppers. (laughs) So, uh, we've got some quotes here, which is just so much fun. Uh, In the 12th planet, Stitchin claims, quote, There is a 12th planet beyond Neptune, known as Nibiru, that reaches our inner solar system once every 3,600 years. So. So it's after Neptune, but before Pluto? but it's the 12th planet figure that one out for me okay i don't i maybe his translation of numbers was not i don't know i have no idea um (laughs) so that's just like the the, that's the tip of it's the the tip of whatever conspiracy weirdness this is because stitching in this book also claims that an advanced race of humanoid extraterrestrials known as the Anunnaki live on Nibiru and are the missing link in evolution for Homo sapiens.
0: Oh, that's where they went. Okay.
2: That's where they went. Yep. But it gets even better because this is like pure 1950s sci-fi L. Ron Hubbard shit. Brilliant. (laughs) It's truly remarkable. Um, His books have sold millions of copies and they've been translated into almost 20 languages. And the number of people who still use his books and theories as their holy grail for understanding Nibiru, Anunnaki, and extraterrestrials are incalculable. And it does bleed into people like Linda Moulton Howe and some of the Ufa- the, 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 U- the MUFON places. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you see strains of it in Scientology, and they it, it's like at some point it's a chicken and egg scenario. I don't know which one came first, um, but that I do know said. that they all...
0: Sorry, well, yeah, what year was the Twelfth Planet written? Do you know?
2: Do, 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 do. I had it. Uh, good question. Hold on. Let me... His website is pretty fabulous, too. Pretty classic? Say.
0: Like... It's pretty...
2: It's pretty City-esque. It, <laughs> yes, it looks like it was made on Geocities. It's pretty... Okay, so the Twelfth Planet, 1976. Woof! Yep, and it's the That's... first one in the Earth Chronicles. So... And then there are, there's seven volumes in the Earth Chronicles, and then there are four companion volumes. The other one that might be familiar to anyone who listens to way too many conspiracy theory things like I do is uh, a book, the, the last of the companion volumes, which was called They Were Giants Upon the Earth, Gods, Demigods, and Human Ancestry, the Evidence of Alien DNA.
0: Oh my God. Uh, this is and just, that was, oh my
2: God. <laughs> it, that was published uh, I don't know if it was posthumously. It was published in 2010, and he died in 2010. So, yeah.
0: It it was his last. It was crack. his last.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are DVDs you can still buy on his website. There's one called An Evening with Zechariah Stitchin, which is a lecture and slide presentation. Oh, I yes. would like <laughs> to watch that at some point. <laughs> I'm so, we should have, like, a movie night.
1: Oh, my God
2: oh man you yeah. watch it i can
0: find you some of the montauk vhs's on youtube it'll be great
2: <laughs> i think right. we should do that i totally <laughs> think we should do that and just like rolling commentary and all get a little drunk and just be like oh my god
0: walk. oh yeah so good you can you drink a game out it. of that and get completely hammered
2: <laughs> oh a drinking game hammered in the first 10 minutes done <laughs> <laughs> everyone's out <laughs> so um
1: and then we as all you got might liver exp- disease because
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Maybe we should for It's for science, science, so it's fine. Yeah, it's for Just science.
1: science.
2: <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, God. I would be out in 10 minutes. I'm such a fucking lightweight. Um, <laughs> so, as you might expect, Stitchin's theories and translations, have, of course, have been debunked by experts across multiple scientific fields. I actually read, and it'll be in the notes, I read this fascinating essay by a student at the Ohio State University talking about how his parents, wait for it, who were disfellowshipped Jehovah's Witnesses, Uh went in search of a new new truth to answer the big questions their defunct faith used to. Um, So he was introduced to Stitchin' through his parents. It's worth a read. It's a short essay, but it is totally worth it. Um, And it became kind of a source of fascination for them. And then he was like, well, this is batshit crazy, so...
0: Yeah, I'm saying like Scientology to this because you know there's the whole alien yeah. aspect to Scientology, yep. but like J.W. to this, that's a, that's
2: a leap. <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah. I I, I think I, you know he was kind of giving the impression, and I am totally inserting my own um, opinion and and into this, which is that basically they just they got lost and they didn't have that faith to rely on anymore. So, and he doesn't say why they were just fellowshipped, so it shall remain a mystery. But um, that that essentially they just that there was a void and they needed to fill it and they found uh, Stitchin's books and that was it and I'm like wow. I
4: mean,
1: the okay. reality is is that there's oh, yeah. usually no rhyme or reason as to why someone is disfellowshipped, and you'll never know.
2: Really? Wow. Okay.
1: Well, like they're gonna at the it'll be you did something that is maybe not kosher within the rules Mm -hmm. so we're gonna have a committee meeting with like three elders and we're going to decide whether you're repentant enough so if you go in and you're like i'm super sorry like i I, you know i i had a moment of weakness i won't ever do it again sometimes they'll be like yeah well that's just not good enough so you're just fellowship bye
0: so like how aggressive are they with this because i imagine they want to try and maintain their numbers as much as possible
1: uh, like how bad
0: do you have
3: to be kind of thing
1: you don't have to be bad at all sometimes <laughs> you could just have made a mistake and be super repentant and they're like yeah you know it's not good enough sometimes you could have fucking killed a person and they would have been like yeah it's okay just don't just don't do it again you can still like You're be part okay of it was
0: a worldly person so
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> oh. oh my god
2: Okay, yeah. well, I can't they- wait to send y'all this one. Like, holy Do,
0: do the chain- I mean, JWs keep records of, like, why the disfellowship pe- people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Fuck, absolutely. I want to read that book. <laughs> they keep records of fucking everything. Um, <laughs> and one thing we will discuss is the, the whole, like, child sex abuse thing that's going on worldwide. They keep re- every single record of everything they find out, and they send it to their head office
3: my god yep good old
0: catholic bullshit That's- all right sorry I to get this back here oh
2: no, it's okay it's okay because i knew i knew as soon as i saw that i was like wow all right <laughs> yeah okay um so yeah this is you know it all goes back to how malleable our brains are to want to believe um things so yeah something right aliens god you know take take what you will from that um So Nibiru and the Anunnaki, uh, a history, we'll say. And history has got quote marks around it (laughs) because, oh, buddy. All right. So the Anunnaki were, to the Sumerians, real. They are described as deities, descendants of the gods An and Ki, uh, the god of the heavens and the goddess of the earth. And their main reason for existence was to decree the fates of humanity. So this is an actual belief system, actually in Sumerian culture. And Stitchin was like, they were aliens. And I went, okay, mm. all right, let's go down this road. This is fun. Um, so so the they, Anunnaki, did they oh, yeah. call
0: them the Anunnaki?
2: Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yep. That word comes directly from the Sumerian language. All right. Yep. I know. I was like, oh, he made that up. Oh, he did not make that up. All right. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I just figured he was like, let's slam these letters together and see what I get. Nope. There's a whole, there's actually some really, really good um, articles written by historians on the Anunnaki and their importance in the culture. And, you know, it's like reading about Egyptian gods or anything like that about why they were so integrated into their daily lives. And I have a little bit on that just, again, it's kind of a primer. Um, the oldest of the Anunnaki was and en- Enlil. En- wow, that's hard to wrap my mouth around. Enlil, who was the god of air and the main god of the Sumerian pantheon. Um, the Anunnaki were chiefly mentioned in literary texts by those who worshipped them individually. This is where it got really interesting, because typically in, and again, I'll use the Egyptian um, pantheon, because we'll see two or three gods together, you know, there'll be whole roaming stories in the tombs about, um, you know, these gods and this, this pharaoh was dedicated to them. And in the case of the Anunnaki, they're almost always pictured totally separately.
4: Hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, so there are actually no representations that have been found of the Anunnaki as a complete group. They've found a few depictions of two or three of them together. And a lot of this boils down to how the Anunnaki were worshipped. So a temple dedicated to a single Anunnaki was believed to be that deity's literal place of residence. And then what they would do is they would put a statue of the god themselves into the temple. And because if the deity's literal place of residence is right there in the middle of your city and there's a statue right there, well, clearly the statue is the earthly physical manifestation of that god or Anunnaki. And so the statues were given constant care and attention. They were clothed. They were given feasts. They were attended to daily. They were washed. They were uh, just all kinds of things. Uh, and, so of course,
0: there it, were people... Yeah. So, you said the Anunnaki are children of some of their core gods, right? Correct. So,
2: they're are, never are described the, as, sorry. like, demigods. They're, like, full gods.
0: Okay, so they, are they, like, you know, archangels kind of thing? Like, that equivalent? or But, like, sounds like they're no, more I mean, mini-gods.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's basically all of, the, all of the Anunnaki come from these two gods, An and Ki. And then all of their offspring are dedicated to the air or the forest or, you know, a pick. Like, yeah. there were so okay. many of them. Yeah. It's, it's very different from a lot of the, uh, the ancient pantheons that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there are similarities there for sure. It was so fascinating. I was like, okay, we, we, need, to, we need to talk about this for a second. <laughs> so Stitchin takes all of this. Reads all of it and des- decides that the Anunnaki are actually advanced humanoid extraterrestrials from Nibiru. <laughs> yep. We're oh, we're going we're going in. So according to Stitchin, the Anunnaki came to Earth roughly five hundred thousand years ago, and quote constructed a base of operations in order to mine gold after discovering that the planet was rich in the precious metal. So we have back to my recipe. The age-old aliens are after our resources. Story.
0: Is there like no other planets or moons along the way that don't have that have gold?
2: <laughs> I feel like coming That's to Earth
0: us. is a long way to go.
2: <laughs> it's a long way to go for gold. For, to, for for what purpose? I didn't find that out.
1: You know what? We just need to put up space borders and space walls. That's all <laughs> we need to do. Obviously,
0: start taking God. our jobs. <laughs>
2: The Anunnaki are taking care of Fuck my life. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever.
1: Uh, All right. Um, sorry, not okay. sorry, guys. Sorry, not sorry.
2: Yeah, sorry, sorry. We have, to, we have to make fun of this at some point along the line because it's just like, it gets wackier. So on top of that, he believed that the Anunnaki hybridized their species and made Homo erectus via in vitro fertilization. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. I think my braid broke when I saw that part. So what, like um, they
0: took Neanderthal DNA yep. and impregnated yep. themselves with it? And yep. made humans.
2: So, yeah, and made humans. Uh, okay. to s- Made them specifically to slave away in their gold mines. <laughs> <clears throat> nope, we're still going. So when the Antarctic glaciers melted, causing the Great Flood... Their bases were destroyed, and they left Earth. Needing more humans to help rebuild, the Anunnaki taught them agriculture. oh
1: All your bases belong to me, Kate.
2: Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, he later explains um, his own alternative history by claiming the Anunnaki built the wonders of the ancient world, including the pyramids, which is a classic alien conspiracy. Like... Yeah. There's no way that humans could have done this. They made the seven aliens made the seven wonders of the world. Um, Yeah, Uh, they've been gone for a long time though. So he eventually predicted that the Anunnaki would return to Earth as soon as 2012, and upon their return, they would take over once more. That was it. He never changed it. He never he never moved any goalposts. We'll talk about moving goalposts. He never (laughs) like. It, it, it was just, this is what I translated from the Sumerian cuneiform, this culture that I don't understand, nor have any claim to, but I've decided it fits my theories. Or maybe I fit my theories to it, take a pick. Um, so what I found in the middle of all of this, totally fascinating, is how Stitchin inspired more conspiracy theorists, and because of him, this Planet X theory exists so for the sake of argument for a little bit we'll say that nibiru and planet x are the same thing until they're not <laughs> it's yeah it's fucking wild um so before his death stitchen wrote a book the end of days uh quote which set the time for the last passing of nibiru by earth at 556 bc or ad 2900 so he moved his o- own goalpost to 2900. But said the Anunnaki might return to Earth sooner than that via spaceship, and that, quote, the timing of their return would coincide with the shift from the astrological age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius sometime between 2090 and 2370. This is the age of Aquarius? Seriously. <laughs> I was like, I can tell you fucking live through the 60s. Holy fuck.
4: God.
2: like Jesus Christ. Mhm. What is really interesting too to me is that even up to his death, he said he had the original, you know, all of the facts. He had the truth on Nibiru and the Anunnaki and that anyone who took his claims and changed it into their own uh theory uh were were not connected to him. He never influenced them, which Maybe he didn't directly, but he sure as fuck did indirectly, because we're going to talk about a lady named
1: Nancy Leader. Nancy Leader.
2: Nancy Leader. So, Nibiru and Planet X and the lingering end of the world, for my last little bit here, um... If you look up Nibiru now, you're going to get articles on things called Planet X Cataclysm or the Nibiru Cataclysm. Uh, This theory on the Nibiru Cataclysm was first put forth by this woman named Nancy Leader in 1995. Um, She is the founder of a website called Zeta Talk. I cannot (laughs) wait to show you this fucking link. I was so goddamn excited when I found this. This is her website, her her subpage on Nibiru specifically. Um, she ha- claims that she has multiple pictures of Nibiru in the sky. Um, that it, there's genuine captures of Nibiru on her website. And uh, Nibiru makes a daily appearance sometimes in the sky. It's fucking, it's great.
0: Wow. I love these, um...
2: Interpretations great. of like I photo know. artifacts. Yep, yep, it's amazing. <laughs> Enhanced. <laughs> the entire website is so fun if you are willing to take the time and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Pole the double ships?
0: helix shape of Nibiru. Yes,
2: the double helix shape of Nibiru.
0: <laughs> Wait, the planet wow. is shaped like a helix.
2: Yes, a double helix.
0: I don't think that's how planets work. No. <laughs> but okay. Nope. What do I know? I
4: don't.
2: She, What do you know? What do you know? So she read Stitchin's stuff to what degree? I don't know. Or learned of it? She her connection to again they Stitchin denied any connection to anyone like leader who was like oh yeah Nibiru blah blah blah. Um, and it is interesting because she she takes all of that. And just like wraps it up in her own shit. So she describes herself as a contactee with the ability to receive messages from extraterrestrials from the Zeta Reticuli star system through an implant in her brain. Of course, fuck yes. Um, so did, they,
0: did the alien? Did the aliens come back and give her the implant just so she could understand them?
2: Unspecified.
0: <laughs> this is a government thing.
2: Shes this is the prophet thing. This is like okay. I was chosen. She believes she was chosen to warn the rest of humanity of a planet that would crash through our solar system and potentially destroy Earth. Now, if you follow from point A to point, what the fuck, you can see that she took stitchins. They return every three thousand six hundred years. and she turned it into it's going to crash into our solar system and destroy everything,
1: ok. But. <laughs> and we were watching Resident Alien recently. <laughs> and we know that the Greys put little trackers in you after they've abducted you.
2: Along with the Mark of the Beast and we all have bar cards. On
1: our <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just like the oh, idea wait. of a planet.
0: The first of all is double helix just a whole other thing. Just Amazing. going rogue.
1: That is so weird.
2: Yep. Yep. Across the galaxy. Like they press the gas instead of the brake and they're just crashing I right was. through. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my god.
2: I can't. Okay. Um, so she referred, of course, to this planet as Planet X. Sometimes she called it Nibiru. Now, Nibiru was totally a Stitchin. So if you're using that word in your own theory, you've read Stitchin at some point along the line. Because that was totally something he made up. Um, her first prediction was that the world would end in 2003 because of this cataclysm.
1: Really? Interestingly,
2: okay, she has not moved the goalpost she's never predicted a new date for our demise
1: (laughs) so are we already dead so apparently apparently we're already dead
2: um a bunch of
0: supporter theory
1: um (laughs) according
0: to montauk it was also supposed to end in 2003
2: oh fuck okay so (laughs) they've probably fed on each other let's just like
0: i'm sure has
2: to be has to be they're Um, listening
0: to a club or something
2: I, I swear to God, they all like. Is there like a newsletter? Is there a mailing list that I can get um,
0: on? Montauk of? does yeah. have a newsletter since nineteen ninety three. Yes,
1: it's the white My sheet.
0: <laughs> no, it's called <gasps> the Montauk Pulse. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the white
2: sheet,
1: Jesus
4: <laughs> Christ. The white. <sheet. laughs>
1: I, I, again, another <laughs> another reference.
4: Ah,
2: um. Okay, so. When the world didn't and when the end of the world didn't occur in 2003, the goalposts, of course, were moved by other doomsday cults who were kind of circling, you know, the waters like piranhas. Um, Doomsday cults picked up the year 2012, of course, as the next uh, end of the world year. Uh, possibly influenced by Stichin's prediction that 2012 was the year that the Anunnaki would return to Earth. Of course, we know that some of the other ones ran away with the whole Mayan calendar thing. Like, like spin the wheel and pick pick which one you want to you know believe. Yeah, in she, went,
0: the she went all in on 2003, and that was it, huh?
2: He we went all in on 2003 and stayed there.
0: <laughs> I appreciate oh, the she- conviction.
2: I know, right? I was like, all right. You didn't just, like, as soon as it came around, it's like that Parks and Rec scene where those guys are sitting in the park, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen, and they're like, oh, well, it'll be two uh, Oh no, I'm getting a message. It's two weeks from now. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, But uh, out of this, like, mire and muck of all of these Doomsday cults comes a guy named David Mead. I will have to do an episode on David Mead. <laughs> Uh, he is a self-described Christian numerologist.
4: Oh, and okay. I know,
2: right? I went, those two don't, nope.
4: Mm-mm. But Mm-mm.
2: it's like the, the gem, Gemaria people who claim it's like a Jew, which it is. It's like, a, it's like a Jewish numerology thing, but they're Christians and they co-opt. I went, what? I, uh, hold on a second. You're crossing the streams. I'm very confused. Like, <laughs> what? Explain it's your methodology. Go to, the same for
0: me. go to the same conventions. They just get drunk together and adjust their theories. Seriously,
2: I think it goes here, and you like they like they're playing with Scrabble tiles or something on the fucking <laughs> table. I don't. Oh my god. Um. So Mead said very loudly. He's a very loud voice in these doomsday prepper cults. Uh, that the end of the world would occur on September 23rd, 2017. And he got a lot of media coverage out of it. And of course, the fucking like, like CNN, stop it. Don't put these people on the TV. What's wrong with you? I never Um, thought of a
0: 2017 Doomsday date.
2: 2017. Yeah, I know. That was, that was a new one for me too. I went, who is this guy? And then I started to read about him and I went, oh, if I start this now. It's over. Well, pretty uh, was he... it pretty much for
0: 2016, like a shit show, anyways?
2: So. Right, I know. Right, God. Uh, so he gets all this media attention and coverage. He writes a bunch of books. He's a he is a wackadoodle. I think he's fascinating. Um, so to kind of um, so Mead to leader all the way back to the originator of all of this Nibiru stuff, which is Stitchin. and kind of the modern like doomsday thing has a lot of deep ties to what Zechariah Stitchin did with his books. If you really, if someone wants to go read those, more power to you. I don't know that my brain can handle it. Um, (laughs) So one thing, of course, that we see um, in similarity between all of these end of the world prophecies is that Like any good conspiracy theory circle jerk, it's not complete without blaming uh, when it doesn't come around. Politicians, the powers that be, NASA, importantly, always blame NASA. Yep. Uh, Lasers, infrared technology, digital manipulations of images to erase the truth, uh, purposely deleted or hidden data, and it does have long-ranging consequences including, oh, I mean, we can see it all the way up to, you know, what's going on now, but there was massive harassment of professional astronomers when the end of the world didn't come around, like people working at NASA. And these doomsday preppers were emailing them, they were being directly named in conspiracies, they were constantly being asked about their pseudoscientific beliefs, they were getting emails asking if, this one really freaked me out, there was one guy who was talking about He's a professional astronomer. And he said, "Yeah, I get emails occasionally from these doomsdayers asking if they should go ahead and kill themselves and their children and their pets mm. to prevent dying in a fiery planet crash.
4: What? Um,
0: yep, I think people are overestimating the funding that NASA has,
2: seriously, right. <laughs> it's one percent of the u s. GPD. Like they don't cut
0: enough money to stop the end of the world, okay?
2: Nope. Um, so I actually, and it's it is kind of a bummer note, but I think it's really important because of the way that these conspiracy theories bleed into our real lives. Like they're not, you know, they don't operate in a bubble, right? They start Mm -hmm. influencing people. Social media, of course, has a massive uh, problem with a lot of this. There was just the, what was, what was the thing that just somebody said in the trucker convoy that someone got stampeded to death and it was a total false. It was a lie. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck? So... Uh, There's a science writer, his name is Govert Schilling, and he noted, quote, planetary scientists are being driven to distraction by Nibiru, and it's not surprising. You devote so much time, energy, and creativity to fascinating scientific research, and you find yourself on the tracks of the most amazing and interesting things, and all the public at large is concerned about is some crackpot theory about clay tablets, god astronauts, and a planet that doesn't exist. (laughs) Similarly, Professor Brian Cox posted on Twitter in 2012 that, quote, if anyone else asks me about Nibiru, the imaginary bullshit planet, I will slap them around their irrational heads with Newton's Principia. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Cox is a firebrand. I love him. As soon as I saw that, I went, yes. Because it distracts from the work that they're actively trying to do. And it bleeds into really scary shit like, hey, let me email this professional astronomer who spent years and years and years in study and now is dedicating their lives to tracking whatever star or galaxy or planet, whatever the fuck, way out in the sky that we can't even fucking, we should be staring at in awe and wonder. And I'm going, hey, we're gonna all die next year in 2012. So how about I just go ahead and off myself and my children and my pets, because I don't want that fate. What the fuck?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, no.
2: Don't do that.
0: There's not some, uh, yeah. There's There's yeah. some steps missing in that logic.
2: <laughs> There's something missing. Rationality, possibly, or a tie to reality, and it's got to be so scary for those folks who get those emails. It's like, I can't even fathom getting something like that in, in an inbox at my work. And I worked in a public library where we got in our inbox at work 40-some all-caps emails saying that we were going to go get fucked by the devil and have his devil babies. So, you know... Oh true story true story yeah and i remember how stressful that was so i can't even fathom what you know, it would be like
0: on the flip side imagine believing so much into this that you think the only thing you can do to like save yourself is to kill yourself and your children to kill yourself imagine and your children. Children.
2: yeah 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 so it's you know it. it's i find these conspiracy theories fascinating and they always have this dark side that comes out and it's so disturbing. And I, I think if, if, you know, we do nothing else, which is to just call people's attention to how quickly our minds can get warped into these things that don't have any tie to reality. And again, if it operated in a bubble, you know what you do you, but it like breaks the law of the universe. When you start hurting other people, like that's just fucked.
0: Yeah. It's another testimony to the fact that we need more mental health care.
2: Exactly, exactly. So there's a there's Nibiru. I'll cover David Mead at some point because he's a he's a character. And unlike some of these folks, who clearly you know, there's some interviews with Stitch, and you can find he's a he's exactly kind of what you would expect from like an old guy who is so wrapped up in his own like surety that the Anunnaki are aliens and he's just not living on the same planet. Uh. <laughs> um, it, But, but he's like charming in a way. And, you know, like the New York times talked to him. I want to say very close to before he passed away. And it's, it's totally fascinating, but then you get people in these cults who just absolutely lose it. And it's really sad.
0: Yeah. For sure. That's real. Yeah,
2: that's Nibiru.
0: Nibiru.
2: Nibiru. Great. It's great. The Anunnaki thing, though, is fascinating. The whole Sumerian culture, I was like, oh, this is speaking to my seven year old obsessed with Egypt, ancient Egypt. Mm hmm. Senses because it is absolutely really, really cool to learn about. So, if you're curious, there's a ton, a ton of historical papers and essays out there that you can go look up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's actually like,
3: you know, verified historical stuff that's really cool.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> Nathan.
1: Okay. So we have so, to talk about a little bit of lost media.
3: Yeah, this was oh um God.
0: this was a suggestion by uh, listener Harrison a long time ago and we are finally getting around to it. Sorry it took us so long. But yes. Hi Nathan,
2: Harrison.
0: <laughs> Nathan dug into
1: this for us. Thank you for this suggestion, by the way. Um There, there's not a lot on it,
3: and um, but also
1: there's so many different theories about what this actually was. Um, so to give it, give you guys some context, the uh, the media in question is called "Go for a Punch" or. Uh, Saki Sanobashi. Um, Now I'm going to tell you guys right off the bat, there is a theory that Go For A Punch and Saki Sanobashi are actually different media pieces altogether. Um, But somewhere along the line um, they were Assumed to be the same thing. Um, however, the translation doesn't necessarily line up as well. Uh, so we're going to take the for now the idea that they are kind of the they are the same. Um, so back in the day,
3: uh, sorry, uh, and this is an anime, just so you guys know.
1: A, yeah, this is an anime. Um, so it all started back in where is my brain uh in 2015 where this question came up on 4chan what was the weirdest thing you've seen uh on the dark web and this person posted uh you know some weird anime about naked girls stuck in a large bathroom without doors Having a philosophical debate about never going out of the room, um, and then after losing hope and starving for some days, everything goes downhill. They just start screaming and yelling, and then they all commit suicide. Uh, either what? Yes. <laughs>
4: oh
2: my god! Okay.
1: Um. Then he describes how they. Uh how they either kill themselves or help each other kill themselves. Uh, he says, he says, uh, he says, or they say, uh, I cried myself to sleep after watching that video. Cause I just didn't know even know anymore. Why would anyone draw that with such precision? It was horrifying. Um, It looked like it had sort of 80 ish, quality um audio too it was a japanese dub with english subs lasted for about 30 minutes no credits it seemed like it was ripped the voices sounded really young um and he's like but you know some japanese sound young even in their 50s so what do i know um but i haven't been able to find it or see it again the name of the video was something along the lines of Go For A Punch, or something like that. So, one of the interesting things is that they discuss it being like a, the animation style of being like, sort of like an uh, an 80s, maybe possibly early 90s anime. Um. now there's someone on on Reddit there's a couple of Reddit uh, posts the first one that I'm going to bring up is someone who's actually did a fuck ton of research on this uh, posted about three years ago in the lost media in our lost media um, and one of the things that
3: they mentioned was that
1: Sorry, uh, one of the things that they mentioned was that there's a particular genre of um, of anime that was dubbed like uh, guru. And it's basically horror genre anime. Um, now, this person went in and there is a couple of resources that catalog um, all adult Japanese media, Um, whether that's, and and to be fair, most of adult animated Japanese media at the time was porn. So it was all, it was all like hentai. Um, And that's going back to like, the early 70s late 60s when anime kind of started as a thing um and nowhere in this
3: adult manga um
1: uh repository does this show up so at least it is not it is not something that has been found in written media um there is also a comprehensive wikipedia of all of adult content that is animated from the time that it started so like in the 70s late 60s up until now and you don't actually see the genre of like horror until maybe the mid to late 90s um when you start seeing stuff like um things like Helsing and, and so on uh, being animated and, and whatnot. Um, and I'm just going to jump
0: in here for a second. Yeah, um, And just so you guys know manga is Japanese comic books and most anime originate from manga. So that's why they were checking there.
3: Yeah.
2: Did not know that. Okay.
3: No!
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, so it, you could you think how a lot of our, our like a lot of our um... Our current superhero movies are adapted from comic book lines. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Most anime, uh, or at least for for a long period of time, a lot of anime was adapted from the manga um, storyline, and uh, in some cases, like back in the nineties, if they, or back in the nineties two thousands, if uh, the show caught up to where the manga was. They would just end the series their own way. Um, mm-hmm. Now you see most anime will stop and like wait a couple of years to release a new season until the manga has like gone ahead so they can actually start using the real source material. Um, but it's a lot of it is all they all try to keep it in line. You know, if you're not reading it, maybe hopefully you'll watch it, right? Um,
0: And one thing about like Japanese manga and anime that um, people may not realize if you're not familiar with it it is like it covers every genre like you've got your slice of life like comedy friends style comics you have your horror you have your superhero comics you have comics about swim teams and chess clubs and just anything you can think of like the their media just encompasses everything
3: it's a very broad genre. (laughs)
1: And again, um, horror was one of those things that wasn't really all that popular until, you know, after like the mid 90s. So when you when you take into consideration one of the things about this post is that, well, it feels like it was the animation style was very like 80s. Um, It, it, it doesn't really leave a lot of it doesn't leave a lot of room for Maybe it being um, a professionally produced product. So in, in that sense, we can almost clear it out being something that, that was actually distributed um, in general, probably even to the Japanese public. Um, there were other uh ideas about the name that sort of came up um the fact that maybe the translation was wrong uh the idea of sanobashi maybe not being the actual like second word maybe it was saki san um which would just refer to a person and then uh, Bashi ended up being like Saki's room or Saki's place, uh, maybe being about the main character.
0: Was the Japanese name included in the original 4chan post?
1: Or is it just the go um, for
0: punch that it say?
1: I think it was the person was saying that the original post only um mentioned go for a punch. But there was, it was, I believe it was someone following up with them that they figured out. Um, Yeah, it was, they they made the connection because of the the name. Um, Because Go For A Punch was sort of like an Americanized, um, would have been an Americanized, version of whatever this was. Mm-hmm. Uh other other like twitter posts that have popped up have mentioned that this particular piece of media was quote quote banned in America, which is why I can't find it. But if you're looking in the illegal parts of the internet, you're probably not going to matter. <laughs> um and like
0: it would have had to have been like if it was professionally dubbed, though it means at some point it came over.
1: It wasn't dubbed. It was. Oh, I
0: thought you said it was sub.
1: Sorry. No, no, no. It was. It was Japanese. Uh, Japanese language English sub. Um, okay. Uh, one of the one of the theories on this was that. Um, again, you know, either Saki's room location spot. Uh, at one point, there was a, an author, who, used to go by the pen name of Saki. Saki used to obviously draw a lot of their own experiences um, and had a bit of a weird, like, really dark, um, like, Edwardian era type of humor. Like, just super dark, dark, dark humor. And there's a theory that this might have actually been more of an amateur... Anime adaptation of one of this person's writings. Um, no, was he just like a
0: so was just like a literature writer at writing, or do you do yeah. oh, comics? Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, I think it was uh, uh, Sake, sorry, Sake, aka Hector Hugh Monroe, um, a white guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow, Hector, yeah, Hector, yeah, uh, so is basically what they said is his writing managed to perfectly capture the trivial absurdities of the Edwardian era in England.
0: This doesn't sound very Edwardian though.
1: Yeah, I'm that I'm trying to figure that out as well. But the idea is that maybe someone took one of his um one of his writings and adapted it to some sort of weird ultra brutal and dark uh anime there was a another option where someone mentioned i don't think the name Saki sanobashi is a is a good enough lead um how is it that one person had a hunch in 2015 immediately but 100 plus people in 2015 plus four years have had no collective idea um (laughs) and it's doubtful that the thing was even called go for a punch um I'd focus less on the name and more on the content itself. Um, if any uh, Japan and on, on 5chan, uh, if anyone can go on 5chan and ask around, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, so, so far there have been no, there's been no footage. There's been no real screen grabs. There's only been sort of ideas of what people have thought um this has looked like uh, and a lot of the images that kind of come up are really just like they look like older they look like old screen grabs from different types of anime.
3: um like people have posted
0: images claiming that it's it but yeah. no one's been able to conclusively link them
3: yeah okay
2: Harrison, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I blame Harrison for our collective confusion right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. So basically, at this point, there is no. Um, there's still no like conclusive like idea of where this might have come from. There's still speculation um you know a couple of people have said maybe we'll find it in the asian horror encyclopedia but that hasn't seemed to be helpful yet uh at this point it's still a bit of a weird mystery um however i am going to read you one thing from the Saki sanobashi um subreddit and this post by Saki Sanobashi OP uh, two years ago. The title is, I am the OP of Saki Sanobashi. It's fake, and I'm sorry. (laughs) So, uh, It's like, like...
2: I wrote my immortal. (laughs) Right? Jesus. Uh,
1: (laughs) So, Uh, It looks like my previous post was deleted, either by a bot or a moderator. Please don't delete this post. You don't have to believe me, but just hear me out. Uh, So I made the original post about go for a punch, as as it's now called Saki Sanobashi, as a joke. All started when I was browsing 4chan and found a thread that was asking about the scariest things you found on the deep web. And in classic 4chan user fashion, I decided to troll a little just for fun. I made up some cliche, spoopy, lost episode episode-esque story in like five minutes and gave it an awkward-sounding English title, since a lot of anime, uh, especially low-budget quality ones, have names like that.
4: Oh my god! My,
1: my only purpose was to troll the OP of the original thread since he seemed pretty gullible, seeing as he was asking people what the scariest thing that they've seen on the deep web, and expected a serious answer from 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd completely forgotten all about this until just recently when Wang, who who I watch religiously, uploaded a video about it. Uh, I was really shocked when I realized that he was talking about me, since I didn't really think anyone would actually believe my obvious BS. It was also pretty surreal that not only had my favorite YouTuber made a video about a stupid troll post Mm -hmm. I made, but that so many people had dedicated time and effort to looking into it. (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> After I watched <laughs> Wang's video, I started lurking in a few other discords dedicated to finding Saki and this subreddit. I didn't do much. I mostly just read what other people were saying and joked around a little bit. Nothing big, just some minor trolling here or there. I didn't write any of the fake I saw minor Saki trolling. posts. <clears throat> oh
4: I didn't, my god. I
1: didn't feel bad about tricking all of you at first. In fact, I got a pretty good laugh out of seeing how people had dedicated so much time and effort to finding a clearly phony story. But as time went on and I started seeing more and more YouTube videos being made about the topic and saw people who were incredibly dedicated, such as Fneo, I started to feel kind of bad. But I didn't want to put an end to the search just yet, as it was pretty funny, especially the discords. They're wild. All of this brings me to today. When I've decided to put an end to this stupid joke that has gone on for far, far too long. I obviously don't have any evidence that I'm actually the OP. I don't think that there's any, there's even any way to prove it. I can already see everyone vehemently denying, denying that I'm the OP and continuing the search as if nothing happened, but just to be, but just to clear my conscience. Saki is fake. I made the whole thing up as a stupid troll. I didn't think that anyone would actually believe me. I couldn't even imagine it was possible for it to blow up to this level. I know that I'm repeating myself, but I'm also honestly really flattered that so many people have gathered to search for something that I make it up in a few minutes. I remember seeing a post just a few days ago where someone made a Discord to recreate Saki. I don't anything. Oh, no. I don't think anything will come of it as I'm sure that people will lose interest Bye. in the project, but I would be honored if people actually made this into a real thing. I've got nothing oh. left to say other than I'm offering you all a sincere apology for having tricked you for so long.
3: Amazing. Um.
1: <laughs> um someone, uh, Jan, Jan, Wank major. Oh. Uh recommended I share the original image that I used in my post. I know that this isn't definitive proof. Here it is, time t- timestamp included. Uh so I am going to. Oh, this is the original um post for. Yeah, it basically what had happened is uh, everything that he uploaded after that is just sort of like a proof of um when he uploaded when he uploaded the file when he did everything so so the screenshot that he uploaded uh was grabbed and modified from that picture at the time in 2015 um there so he he uploaded the picture details proof basically as requested um for oh twenty fifteen. Uh so that's sort of where everything stands, I guess. People are still obviously looking into this. Um but he uh the way he described one of the girls was it was a girl with a bit of a, a bit of like a Hime cut. Um And he said, this is the girl that I used as reference. You have to explain what that is. It's
2: going to say, because I was like, what? Yeah, it's
1: like (laughs) long hair um, with bangs and a.
3: I don't know, like they would almost be like sideburns,
1: but like longer. uh, Longer hair kind of like framing the face. It's like a square frame around the face. Okay. Uh, cut. Yeah. Um. And it's a it's, it's pretty popular for like
3: the, um.
1: Like the popular or you know cute shy, protagonist girl, um or. Object of affection in anime, I guess. Okay. Um. But yeah, at this point I don't
3: know. I, I just
1: having it's,
0: it's the Manic Pixie Dream Girl of anime. I that's yeah, exactly what yeah. I was
3: just thinking. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um
3: let's see. Oh, no.
1: Never mind. I thought I, had an, uh, I thought I had a I thought I had a an example, but I don't. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um...
3: What what was the general like response to that post?
0: Like, were people like buying into it, or people were like now you're a fucking troll? Uh,
1: so the first one of the top comment was like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, Eric, yeah. It, yeah. Second the second post was like I don't know how you can watch uh Wang religiously and react only now when the first video was posted well over a month ago. I mean, if it's a joke, yeah, whatever, but let people wait a whole month before telling them you were just trolling. It's like I knew since the beginning that there was high potential for it to be a joke from a trolling 4chanter, but honestly, honestly, this post is sketchy. And so the OP was like, like I mentioned in the in the post I just wanted to wait a little bit before anything so I was enjoying how people were taking a pretty obvious troll post so seriously <laughs> um uh someone would mention was like I expected this to happen at some point I don't really believe this person is OP um but I also don't believe that Saki is real like it seems like a lot of uh, a lot of people are pretty like yeah, I don't know if you're the real person, but also I don't necessarily believe that this is a
0: that it was a real thing to begin with,
1: yeah,
3: yeah,
0: like I don't even know how you pr- prove that, you know, it's just like you don't have a post record on four chan everything just disappears,
1: yeah, um, even well, if it was um, you, <laughs> and they mentioned that, right? The um. They, they said, Well, like, yeah, there's no um
3: There's no real way uh, Um, that you could probably prove, but
1: yeah
3: well, that was a ride,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was the, it was a bit it it was something i don't
2: even know i don't even know oh my god <laughs> harrison what did you do
1: <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to do everything i can to not think about this for a very long time
2: <laughs> no oh, i was just going to say like if you just if you had uh, started talking about it but you didn't mention where it originated i would have been like it was one one of the chance that there's no way <laughs> that it wasn't because of those words. Yeah. Those boards, which is now 8chan, those boards are so vile and this is, like, almost cute in a certain way, where it's like, haha, <laughs> it was just a troll. But the content is super dark, but it's like, I, it, it, the internet dies on places like 8chan, so it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wait, is 4chan dead? Yeah. It, what? So when
3: dead. did that
4: happen?
2: Um, it, It's tied to QAnon. Which will not shock you, um, but oh, the no, 4, the four chans still alive. Yeah, but not the same way that it was. Well, yeah, no, like um, the
0: user base is different. Yeah, okay, I the just user thought it base was, is like, different. No, was like, all oh. of the,
2: it, yeah, dead in the sense of the users who who wanted somewhere to go, like the old four chan are now in eight chan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, which the, is run that by happen. the Watkins. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a it's a whole thing, but it, yeah, 4chan was like, it, it back in the day, it was like the ultimate troll board. So you like people just made up the weirdest fucking shit. Like, go read a book, God, <laughs> find something better to do. Jesus Christ.
1: Here's the issue: if they're gonna go read a book, and then they're gonna come up with better ways to troll people. Oh. <laughs> Because I don't like it's that. Not a, it, this is not an education thing. This is a personality thing.
3: So I think, by the it's
0: way, that a... um Harrison's inspiration for sending us this was when we did uh, my immortal. Ah.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> the thing that keeps on giving that we need to do more of. We need to read that again. Yeah, we're way yeah. behind. Um. So so we have to watch a Montauk video and we have to read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh, So yeah, here's Harrison's message, he's like, I had a potential idea for a future episode, you may have heard of it, but there's a piece of lost media that's known as Go For A Punch, or alternatively, Saki Sanabashi. It came from a post on 4chan and was described as a weird horror anime. Despite no proof that it actually even exists, multiple groups have tried for many years, with multiple false leads, people splitting off into other groups and communities, dissolving, which may be a little dramatic. I think it would make for a good episode or discussion, whether or not it even exists, but the likelihood of it ever being found. (laughs)
2: Oh my god. it It's, it, that stuff is, I love that so much, because it's, it, it goes back to, like, yeah, there's, there's gold in them, their hills, you know? It's, exactly. It's the internet you know. version of that. <laughs> yep. It, it, oh my god. I am both fascinated and also deeply disturbed that <laughs> we can't come up with anything. I don't know. I don't even know. Thank you, Harrison. My brain is broken. <laughs> yep. I. Need to go lie down.
1: <laughs> it was good. It was it was a lot. It
2: was good. That's a lot, yeah. Kudos for you for digging into that, because I would have been like, nope.
3: <laughs> All right. Okay, Craig then. Go away, Craig. Bye, Craig. Get out of here. That's it for this week.
0: Thanks again, Harrison, for the topic recommendation. Sorry, we took so long to get to it. Next week, Courtney's going to tell us about the beloved water bear's tardigrades. Then I will take you to Montauk Point, where for over a decade, an underground facility experimented with time travel, kidnapped people, and produced psychic child warriors, allegedly. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Have a story that you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or you just want to say hi? You can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And if you want to get on the fun, come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend. I can't stop laughing.